Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 58 of the Reinvention Me Podcast. Well, let's face it. You hate it when commitments aren't kept, especially when you're the one not keeping them. We're going to talk about how to get better at keeping commitments in this episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Reinventure Me podcast, the podcast for what's next in life. And I'm here, uh, Larry Gates, with my co-host, Armin Asadi, or Armin the Dream. That's oh Lord, <laughs> uh, you saw. Thanks to Jamie Bomer for digging up. <laughs> Jamie, t- why, why, why? And on well, Twitter, let's Jamie. explain what's going on here. He uh, does this on Twitter. Jamie finds the archives for some rap videos that Armin put together with Dollar Dollar Bill. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> the one and only, the extraordinary Dollar Rapping Bill. about a boat. <laughs> and Armin is tagged as Armin the Dream. Uh, straight from the loadout team. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did. I think we could call you Babyface Armin, though. I oh, watched I that. I'm like, whoa. I know. Can you believe that? I know. I shaved. Did okay. you shave? I didn't have my Al-Qaeda beard back Seriously, then. Seriously, you grew? I, you I could didn't. grow a beard back then? No, I couldn't. <laughs> I could only do like this half goatee thing. So, <laughs> Oh, well, Jamie, thanks for that dig. It, I laughed oh. all night. Oh, Seriously, my I was my side was aching. You know? <laughs> like I watched that thing a couple times. Jamie, Jamie, how could you? If you're listening, I want you to know how hurt I am right now that you would have. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to put this on Facebook. All the more reason for you to like our Facebook page. We're gonna have to repost that video. No, we're not doing that. We're gonna link to that video. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so Army, the Dream, and and Larry are here. We want to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life. And after you watch our means video, you will believe that new life need to be reinvented. I can't believe uh, this is happening right now. <laughs> this is the Reinventure Me podcast. And you're going to find the show notes for this episode on reinventure.me slash 58. You know, right now my temples are hurting. <laughs> I'm upset right now. Seriously, my temples, my, my temples are hurting. I don't think I've laughed so hard. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was a great video. All right, that's that was the beginning of my rap career. <laughs> you, well, you did well. I was really impressed. <laughs> I was really impressed. I don't know how you put that together, but boy, I'll tell you, I'm sure there's more that can be dug up uh, in your past. Let's not do that. Just, we're going to put all of our listeners on a hunt for Armin the Dream. <laughs> let's just let that go. Let's just let that go. Never again. Uh, well, what are we talking about on today's show, Armin? Overcommitting to looking up my videos <laughs> that I've done in the past. 
that All have right, nothing nice, to do with this. Nice little segue there. Thank you. <laughs> That's a voice. That's what you call segue fail, I think, actually. You were working on that one a little too hard. Yeah, I tried. Uh, well, we are going to talk about commitments. And, you know, we had one of our listeners, Mark, suggest that we do a show on keeping commitments. Yeah, a painful topic for me. <laughs> well, you know, when I saw his email, I thought, Wow, that's a pretty good idea, and ouch. (laughs) Something I never do. Yeah, you know, I think it's hard for us to think about keeping commitments, and clearly it's one of those things where we get annoyed, or I do, when other people don't make or keep their commitments to me. Right. And it's like that, you know, point one finger at someone else, and you have three pointing back at yourself. So we enter this show, or at least I do, with a lot of trepidation because I am keenly aware of all the commitments that i have not kept so yeah in case any of you want to point the finger of blame back my direction mm-hmm. that's great i'll take it and, yeah and, and know that you're probably also culpable yeah too but hey i think it's important that we lean into this when it's a good one it is i mean i need to hear this so i'm excited about this yeah well the inspire me quote i think is really good here so why don't you lead us in with that because we're going to need a little inspiration to kick this thing off all right so this is a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. As if he's ever written any inspiring None quotes, right? at all. <laughs> he's actually written my favorite definition of success. I love this guy. But he says, what you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you say. Mm. What? That good? That's so good. <laughs> I love this guy. Everything he says is gold to me. Oh, I know. It's kind of like if there were a pithy meter for winning a contest or if you could like have a, an award for yeah. the most pithy sayings ever ralph holds the blue ribbons yeah or mark twain or yeah twain's got next week we're, we'll do some <laughs> we're, mark we're gonna do a next twain week. next week aren't we, will. We? we got another ouch episode coming up uh, i think next week as yeah. well so this is gonna be good but listen uh, we're gonna talk about commitments today and keeping commitments because like anything we believe part of reinventing your life and part of Grabbing the next venture that God has for you and for me is all tied around keeping a commitment. Mm-hmm. And Jesus himself said, he's faithful in little, is faithful in much. Mm. That's a commitment saying right there. Right. And it's something that we can grow at. We can grow at becoming faithful in little things and get to the bigger things as well. Yeah. But it can be painful because we've <laughs> had a lot of commitments along the way that we may not have kept. Right. But we're going to take somewhat controversial stab at this per se. So some people may not agree and hopefully some don't so that you guys can you know, leave a comment or call us and let us know why you disagree. But we are going to go a controversial route on this. But it's a route that makes me feel good, and selfishly, maybe that's why we're doing it. I don't know. (laughs) When you look at commitments that you haven't kept, you have to wonder, is there a little bit of self-rationalization in this remark? There probably is. But here's the idea that Armin and I were wrestling about, and we've come to believe that there's some valid reason beyond just Mm self-justification for making this comment. And that is really the idea that you're not pushing yourself if you're not breaking commitments. And it isn't to say that you're trying to break commitments. It's to say that you want to keep commitments, but it's to say if you're not finding yourself stressed enough to make your commitments, then you may not be pushing yourself enough at it. Right. So those who are really looking to excel, looking to achieve more in your life, if you're listening to this podcast, that's likely you, you probably struggle with this idea of losing or breaking commitments and how to keep them better. So we hope this show is helpful to you, but we also want to just give you a little word of comfort that if you're struggling with it, it's probably because you are pushing yourself. Right. You know, it's really easy 
to keep commitments mm-hmm. in the final analysis. You can keep every commitment you make, but just not making any. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's the advice I get. So, I mean, it's a very common issue I've had is overcommitting and not being able to fulfill all my commitments. Number one advice I get if anyone finds out I overcommit, what do you think it is? I don't know. What is it? So I always say the first thing that you need to do is stop committing. Oh. Right? So that's the first go-to that they tell me is just stop committing. So I pendulum swing. I go from overcommitting to not committing at all, which honestly, my life when I'm overcommitted feels a lot better than when I'm pendulum swinging and not committed at all. Yeah. I don't like my life when I'm not committed at well, all. Well, I've been around people who won't commit to anything. Yeah. And to me, sometimes I'm in a meeting and no one will ever step up yeah. to take on anything. And it's like the only thing they're taking is air. You know, it's like... <laughs> I exist. <laughs> one of the things I enjoyed about you, Armin, is when we sat down and we started talking about some of the stuff that we were going to do together, one of the things that you said, I think, is you eat actions for breakfast or something like that. I, I forgot know. exactly. What, you, what was the word you said? You said action items, and I said, oh, that's my love language. Uh, something like, yeah. yeah, action <laughs> items is your love language. And I like I like a guy that's, <laughs> that steps up to taking actions, you know. But the problem is, of course, is that you can overextend yourself. Mm-hmm. And we want to be careful about that. And although uh, we're saying that unless you're at this point where you're wrestling with whether you can keep commitments or not, you're probably not pushing yourself. We're not saying that you should be cavalier in making commitments or breaking commitments. And we're not trying to self-justify poor discipline because that really would just be a sign of character weakness if you're not willing to say, hey, I own some of this and I'm responsible for it. So we want to be serious about our commitments that we make yeah. to one another. But we also want to recognize the fact that if you're going to be pushing yourself, you're also going to be pushing your ability to sustain every commitment you make. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the key idea here. So before we get into the how-to side of things of how to create this overcommitment balance, we're going to kind of give a different perspective on what balance really is. One of the best lessons I ever got was I was at a conference of some kind. Bill Hybels from Will Creek Church was there and he was giving a talk on leadership. And with the way he described what the type of commitment level that you should be getting from, whether they're volunteers, your staff, your teammates, even out of yourself, he gave this gauge. He put overcommitted at the top, he put neutral in the middle, and then he put underchallenged at the bottom. And then his point was, making a long story short, he says if people are in the neutral area or if people are in the underchallenged area, they're in a phase or a category that allows complacency, boredom, and it creates this weird tension where they're unsatisfied and looking for different challenges to add to their life. Hmm. He says the place that you need to keep yourself for personal life, ministry reasons, business reasons, he says the best balance point that creates satisfaction is creating this overcommitted. It's not completely committed, but it's that balance between committed and overcommitted. So you're leaning towards overcommitted. That's the area that... Riding that edge of just being a little bit overcommitted, but not so much so that you're seriously endurable. Right. And he says, that's the perfect spot to be. And he used research and statistics to back it. Mm -hmm. But he said, every day you wake up and you know you have purpose, you have something to complete, you're driven, you're not looking around, seeing what's better, what's next. You're not having this grass is greener on the other side mentality, but it keeps you driven. So as we go into this thing, our balance is more of overcommitment in some degree is a good thing. Neutral or underchallenged, 
is not a great thing. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction because it's that idea of just having enough stress in your life to make it interesting, that you're pushing yourself. And it's the old maxim that if you want to find somebody to do something, find people that are busy because Mm -hmm. they're the most likely to engage and to be able to do it because they know how to get stuff done. They're pushing themselves. And they're the ones, frankly, that are most likely to come through for you. Yeah, The ones that are least busy... They may be least busy for a reason. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're good at... Because they're not dependable. That's right. They don't have the initiative and the drive. Mm-hmm. I always have people who always say no for me, and I hate that, but they just think I'm overcommitted, so I won't say yes to something else. And, I mean, you described me better than anything, and you called me an explorer, mm-hmm. and that was probably the best way of describing me. Yeah, you like to look at things and say, hey, I might want to try that and see if I would have interest in it. Yeah. And that's an explorer. We're going to do an episode on that. I we think need we, to. Need to, yeah. we need to talk about that idea of developing an explorer mindset. Well, anyways, we're going to jump into the how-to side of thing. And I know you had some really good points. So I want to hear what those were again. Well, I, one of the things that I've learned when it comes to taking commitments, or let me push back here on myself. Here okay. To be totally transparent. <laughs> one of the things that I'm learning <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, so I said we're, none of us are perfect in no. executing commitments. But right. for me, one of the weaknesses that I have is that when somebody comes up with an idea or asks about whether I want to get engaged in doing something, I can immediately jump to seeing how to do it yeah. and seeing the final product. Right. And because I can envision what it's going to look like, right. I get excited. Yep. And then I just go, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, and uh, and so I, I had to do some journaling so on this. Like last year, maybe it was a year before when I felt like I was really overcommitted doing stuff that I committed to do, but I really didn't know why I made that commitment. Hmm. And so when I looked at it, I realized it was my enthusiasm hmm. that got away with me, that it was making commitments that my sanity can't cash. So in my saner minds, I wasn't able to get it done. In my enthusiastic mind, I, it was already done. Huh. You know. Yeah. So I just came up with this saying: "Wait before you yay." You know. So wait before you yay. Just to say before I say yay to something, wait. Oh, right? I like that. Okay. And and so it gives me time to evaluate the likelihood that I'll keep enthusiasm for an idea. Hmm. You know. It's kind of like that show who wants to be a millionaire. You know, they always ask, is that your final, final answer? answer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the idea here is that you want to give yourself time to evaluate. Is that yes really your final answer? Yeah. I had to ask a friend of mine to consider doing something on a project with mm-hmm. me. And in his enthusiasm over the, the time that we had together to talk about it, he said, yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. And we started envisioning it and getting everybody, yeah. both of us lathered up with the possibilities of it. And then he texted me a couple of days later. He says, okay, now that the enthusiasm has died down, I have to tell you that <laughs> I don't think I should do this because it's not really in keeping with my mission. Huh. And boy, I really appreciated and respected him for that because, well, you know, we talked about uh, developing a personal mission back in episode 15. Yep. And unless you know what your mission is, you're going to be part of somebody else's agenda. Right. And he knew that I had a pretty strong agenda here, and it would be easy to draft into my agenda if he didn't have his own. Hmm. But fortunately, he does. And because he got back to me, you know, in a few days after the enthusiasm had simmered down and said, you know what? I think the enthusiasm has died. I'm looking at it with saner mind now, and I hmm. cannot make a commitment to do that. Boy, I really appreciate that yeah, because that's good. he was exercising something that I've had a hard time doing. Yeah. And I appreciate that. So the first step really, or the first 
principle we would suggest is wait before you yay. Just go home, take a breath, put some thought into it, right on. come back. You don't ever have to say yes, no, or even maybe on the spot. You can always just say, hey, I love what you're saying. I love the idea. I love what's in front of me. Just let me take a few days, think about it, and I'll get back to you. Exactly. It's not a yes or no. Yep, exactly right. Nobody will be offended. Well, in fact, they ought to be complimented by that because you're taking it seriously. Yeah. And I much prefer somebody to take time and think about it Mm -hmm. than to give me a quick yes and not follow through. Because as soon as you tell me that, I'm going to expect it. Mm -hmm. And when I get disappointed is when You've said, hey, I'm going to do that, but you do it out of enthusiasm, and I don't know that. Right. You know? Right. So it's always better to think about that. All right. So what's the next step? Well, it sounds like the first one. If the first one's wait before yay, this one's way before yay, like the weight of something. Okay. Which is different than the earlier weight. Okay. But this basically means plan before you commit. Okay. Uh, it, things, as one person said, always take longer than they do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's never quite what you think it's going to be. And I tend to forecast optimistic assumptions. You know, the wind is always going to be blowing. Yeah. Right. My sales are always sales are always full. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going, you know, yeah. but I love some of the sailing metaphors in life. Right. And I did some research on this race. They do this single yacht race around the world. I don't yeah. know where this called the Von D globe. I never knew the and name it, of it. Yeah, it, it departs out of France, and they sail 27,000 miles around the world, hmm. right? And they don't get far off the coast of France before they get to the equator, and there's a low-pressure system, this narrow belt right along the equator that they call the doldrums. Hmm. And it's the smallest part of their journey over 27,000 miles, but it can take some of the longest amount of time because there's no wind there. Really? And they'll just plot along for days or weeks wow. trying to get through this because it's not motorized. You know, they're just sailboats. Yeah. And, and they'll just like, okay, you know, sort of blow the wind in the sails. If you counted on, you know, finishing that race as if you were going to have full sails all the way, you're going to be very disappointed. And that's true about anything in life hmm. is that we start to get into those messy middle of something and it's like we overestimate what's going on. In fact, that researchers have found that when we think about something that we want to do or something that we've got a long time to do it. So for instance, I was afforded the opportunity of giving a presentation in January, this Mm. last January, and I had committed to do it in August. Mm. It was an easy commitment to make in August because that was still, you know, five months away, five, six months away. And so it was an easier commitment to make in August. Mm. When December comes around and I'm still sitting here thinking about what am I going to talk about, (laughs) it was a harder commitment. Right. Right. We always have this ability to forecast that something is going to take less time Hmm. when it's in the future than it does now. In fact, researchers have found that when people think about how much time they have in their week to do something, they'll calculate that they have an average of 14 hours more a week if they think about it in the future, like next year, Hmm. than if they thought about it next week. Really? Because we will commit to something, especially a long-term commitment. So in other words, if you're contemplating doing something and it's a long-term commitment, you're more likely to forecast that incorrectly in terms of the amount of effort that it's going to take than if it's something you do next week. That's really interesting. So something just to keep in mind. All right, so what's the third thing that you would recommend? Well... Here's the one commitment 
that you should always, always, always keep. Okay. It, you might break everything else, right. but if you're if you're going to be committed to one thing that's non-negotiable that you always, always keep, it's this, to communicate. Hmm. Yeah. Because I think everybody understands that commitments can be broken, commitments can be made, and sometimes have to be broken or renegotiated. Right. But if you communicate, it takes all that guesswork out and mm. allows people to collaborate with you mm. on the commitment. That's really good. Once you go into isolation out of fear of what might happen yeah. or out of this sense that you got it covered and you don't want to admit that maybe you're weak in an area or that maybe something's at risk, then that's when you get into trouble. Yeah. So one of the strongest things I think we can do if we want to be better at making commitments and keeping commitments is to make communication your non-negotiable commitment. Hmm. And it's the only commitment you should never give up is that commitment to communicate. Now there are two things I think that fundamental that we want to communicate. One is who has the ball. And whenever you're working with somebody on something, it's key to know who has the ball, who's in the critical path. Right. So if I own something and it's mine, I say, I've got the ball. If I'm waiting for somebody else, I need to clearly communicate that they have the ball. But in any case, if I always take ownership for confirming who has the ball, who's waiting on whom for something, mm-hmm. you're less likely to m- miss a commitment. Uh, and that's when your commitment requires the cooperation of someone else. Right. And then, of course, the big thing is communicating when things are at risk. And this is the hardest thing to do, and it's why communication often goes south, is we might say we've got the ball, and we know that we have the ball, but then when we realize there's no way I can deliver that, Hmm. oftentimes it's very tempting to go into hiding. Hmm. You know, we don't want to fess up to the possible failure, or we maybe think we're optimistic we can pull a rabbit out of a hat at the last minute. Yeah. Or we don't want to let the other person down, but we don't realize that the longer you wait to communicate what the problem is, the worse the problem gets. Absolutely. The earlier on you have a chance to maybe renegotiate, maybe find another alternative, yeah. maybe work with them to look at how you can do that. But the longer you wait, the harder it is to be able to do that. And I know a lot of people that probably feel that it's harder to disappoint people than it is to make them angry. You know, and honestly, that fear is what drives that procrastination to tell someone. But I'm not trying to invalidate the fear, but I'm I'm almost validating and saying, but it's going to make things worse. Just like you said, it's not going to make things better. You're not going to find a better way of communicating it. It's not going to lessen the damage or the pain. It's just going to make everything worse the longer that you take. And the other side of it is people are a lot more forgiving than you would think that they are. I've had to break out of commitments and I've had people thinking, I I was convinced some people were just going to be outraged with me and they just came at me, especially the one I remember who was just going to be outraged at me instead of being angry at me or even disappointed. They said, hey, thank you telling me up front. Is there any way I could just get two more weeks out of you so that I can make this transition smooth? And two weeks giving me a deadline like that, I, I mean, there was, I saw an exit I knew what my commitment yeah. was. And it made it so much easier. You could be, you could experience relief. Yep. And then the creative solutions. Come. Oh, there's closure. The relationship was good. Yeah, we carry this tension of this responsibility of something, and we think that somehow by letting somebody else know it, that all the world's going to fall apart. And as you said, the earlier you can do it, the better off. 
Armin, you remember a couple of weeks ago we did the episode on setbacks? Yeah. All right. Well, the day after that episode, I had a setback of my own. Okay. I I had to come to grips with the fact that I wasn't going to be able to roll out one of the service offerings that I had been working on along with some people on our team. Hmm. And it was upsetting. It was upsetting not only to me, but I also knew that some of the people that on the team that had been working on a long time, yeah. I had to tell them, this is not going to happen. And yeah. I had to own that. I had to own that a lot of the reason for that was because I didn't get some of the stuff that I needed to get done, yeah. and it was over-optimistic. And there were also some factors that were beyond my control, but the fact of the matter is, I owned it. Oh, And I knew there was a part inside of me that said, well... Maybe I can make this work. Maybe I can actually pull a rabbit out of the hat. Right. And as I was journaling about it, I realized, no, that's just self-delusional. Hmm. And it's better for me to pull the trigger on it now and say, this can't happen. Even though I know I'm going to upset my staff to just say, this can't happen. Mm-hmm. than it is to pretend that it's going to happen and find out it's even worse as we go down the road. So uh, pulling that early trigger and communicating those commitments early on, I think is really key. That's good. I mean, mean, it's something I need to hear because I know I've done that with my teams in the past and, but I'm the type that will try to force it to work, you know, Mm -hmm. get money that's not in the budget or pull people that are not supposed to be on my team to be on my team. Well, you know, there's... (laughs) There's a good time to do that, and that leads us kind of into our next point, which is to step up when others are at risk. In other words, when you know that you're not making commitment is going to be a problem for someone else, yeah. when others are depending on it, yeah. then you really ought to step up and do everything you can to sacrifice. Because when the greatest cost of failure is borne out for others because they're going to somehow suffer yeah. because you didn't come through, right? you don't really ought to pull out all the stops. And that means, you know, you're going to buckle down. You're going to do everything you can to make that happen. It might mean that you can find somebody to delegate or outsource parts of it, try to get really creative, but it doesn't mean you stop communicating. Hmm. You come back and you say, look, I don't think there's a reasonable way I can do this. And I need to think about, and I would like to invite you into helping me think about how this might be able to get done or get Hmm. some help from someone else. Yeah. But at least go through the exercise of trying to find out how to make it happen in a different way Hmm. rather than stuffing it or denying that failure is an eminent possibility. So leaning into it is the key. I like that. So is there any final points that you want to make before we wrap up? Yeah, I think the key is that we need to own any of the missteps. If we really are pushing ourselves, we're going to find that there are going to be times where we're not able to make our own commitments. And so we need to not have any excuses and just do what we can to make what we can, but communicate it. You know, Benjamin Franklin said, never ruin an apology with an excuse. (laughs) And there are plenty of times when we just have to apologize because you're going to gain the support of other people when you take full responsibility. Mm. When you push it off as an excuse or whatever, people don't come by to support you in it. Yeah. And that's, I think, what we really need to be clear about doing. And then finally, it's just to review the commitments that we're making. Hmm. You know, take a time to regularly review that and maybe ask others. I mean, one of the things that's an easy commitment to miss out and is kind of disrespectful, I think, for a lot of people, and it's something I've had to work on, is to show up on time for meetings. Hmm. You know, it's because yeah. I can be late, habitually late for meetings. Yeah. 
And I realize what's happening is I'm trying to wedge as much stuff in before I go. And then I end up finding, <laughs> oh, it's taking me a little longer to get there than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I realize I'm running a little bit late. Yep. And I'm running late because of my own choices, yeah. which is, of course, disrespectful for the people that are waiting on me. Right. That's a small commitment, but it's a habitual commitment that I have to review and say, is that the way I want to live? Is that the right. way people want to say, oh, don't worry about it. He'll always be 10 minutes late. <laughs> you know? that oh, my friends say that about me. If it's a social event, I'm on Persian time. So yeah, I'm a yeah. hour well, you know, and there is some cultural <laughs> things there too, right? But you know, in any of this, we want to find ways in which we can create more margin too. And you know, listen to our episodes 50 through 55 on some of that <laughs> creating margin but yeah it's probably time we enter into a challenge me on all this well i'm scared to ask what your challenge is because you know just listening to all this i've been uncomfortable the whole time hey, like, well listen right. I, this is one of the more uncomfortable <laughs> episodes for me to do too it was it was this one in the shame episode that we uh, did earlier well, this that year. one was just off the hook Good. Well, well it was hard for me just because of what of the topic but but this one's hard in a different way <laughs> you know? so listen i think what challenge for you as you're listening through this episode you likely probably thought about some commitments that you made or some changes that you need to make. And maybe it's in how you can improve the way in which you wait before you make a commitment, or maybe the way in which you weigh a commitment before you make it. Or maybe it's in how you communicate or taking ownership or even in the reviewing of your commitments. So if any of those areas, just pick something and make one commitment to work on improving that. So we can just place a goal to say, hey, I'm going to get better at making commitment in that area. Mm. And I think just pick whatever stood out for you in this episode and think about that this week and just say, hey, I'm going to own that. I'm going to lean into that or I'm going to communicate this. Or maybe you know a project's at risk and you've got somebody you need to <laughs> talk totally to about I totally do. It. Right when you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am going to hate calling this person. I already have someone in mind and they're not going to like this call. Oh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It's all Larry's fault. All right. So we changed the challenge me to challenge Armin the dream. <laughs> Well, Larry, I always appreciate your mentorship and guidance on these tough topics. It's beyond helpful for me. If you're listening, I hope this has been really helpful for you. If you did like this episode, you can check out the show notes that we have. It's on reinventure.me backslash 58. Again, if you like this episode, would you just do us a favor? Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and just tell your friends about us. iTunes would be reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. If you have a question and want to leave a comment, or if you think what we talked about is not correct, or you want to set us straight, yeah, hey, feel free. Us. Yeah, yell at Larry all you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I will make sure to post all those. So, Or if you find any videos of Army. <laughs> <laughs> the war has begun. Again, just go to reinventure.me or... Better yet, give us a call, 612-314-5447. And What's come, that show line number again, Armin, for those that are writing it down to call? 612-314-5447. We love your call. I see what you did there. Yeah. And hey, join our discussion on Facebook and let us know what you like, what you don't like, and give us some advice and give us some tips and some suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So that's it. Yes. That's the show for this week. And we've got another great one. Listen, I think we've got another Next week. Gonna show be, next week yeah. is going to be killer so be there for that and we love you guys thanks for listening to this show and please come back next week give it another listen bye-bye you've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your hosts larry gates and armin asadi <laughs>